0: Lip Sync for Your Legacy with Beagle host Mother Kim. You can join her this Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Beagle Live app, which you can download from the Google Play Store as well as the Apple App Store. When I tell you, you don't want to miss this great lineup of talent that Mother Kim has to offer. If you're on the app, it all it takes is one shield to enter, and you just might win a dragon, plus other fun prizes. Again, join us at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for an awesome, awesome lip sync for your legacy battle. So if you're interested in joining, click the links below and look for my favorite host, Mother Kim. Live, love and be free. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your girl, the priestess, never your mistress, Yannick Taylor. Honey, here's another episode of Conversations with the Priestess. So get your libations and get your ancestors and sit down and have a conversation with your girl. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. So beautiful. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I pray that all is well with you all. I dare not complain. I'm just enjoying life. Thank you all for your love and support for this podcast of Conversations with the Priestess. I don't take it lightly that y'all support me. Y'all have been riding with me since my early days when I first started podcasting with Black Trans and Beautiful. And to think that I have been podcasting um, at this point for going on six or seven years at this point and i'm so grateful for you all my podcast naked colors also celebrated four years um on in february but of course i was going through some things and life was happening and i was just i here like a mad woman with a head cut off but i'm grateful and i'm thankful nonetheless so let's get into it this past weekend um passover started and it was Um, resurrection weekend or Easter weekend depends on what you celebrate and this is also the season for Lent and I love seeing the pretty pictures of everybody going to church everybody had on their Easter outfits and things and it was a glorious time for me Um, and this time of year is very special to me um, because it represents family time for me growing up as a kid South Carolina and that being the Bible Belt and my family not only teaching us about the resurrection in a Christian home we also learned about the Passover so we would kind of celebrate and commemorate both however um, in recent years I stopped celebrating Easter and I went to strictly resurrection but now I'm, I'm just enjoying what I see and learning what I need to learn Thankfully, um, I did get to see the pictures, as I said. Um, and I love seeing the pictures of the families in their pastel colors, um, all the babies dressing up and, you know, doing the typical thing with the Easter egg hunts and um, just seeing the babies enjoying it and just having a great day. Even seeing my friends and family celebrating Passover and having unity um, even, you know, Dealing with spring, doing what she wants to do. One minute it's hot, then it gets cold. I don't know what she wants to be winter, summer, spring, or fall. Maybe she wants to be all of them. But also partaking in seeing the cherry blossoms this past weekend. And being able to um, have great conversation with a friend of mine. And really relax for a change. And then on Sunday, um, actual Resurrection Day, like I said, I chilled out. I looked at all the pictures and photos and... It was wonderful. I was looking at some of my cousins and my nieces and nephews. And I'm like, wow, you all have really grown up. You're like your girl getting out. Like I might be getting old, y'all. I'm 36. Oh my gosh. Like, and I'm happy to be the age that I am. And this is sort of like a rebirth of me because it's like going further into spring and you're seeing the flowers blossom. And I'm grateful for this time. However, one of the things that stood out to me during this good old Easter celebration were the family portraits from the Wade family. Now, you know, the Wade family, Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade, and ex-wife, Silvan, Um Funches, they all made headlines on this good Easter weekend. Um, Zaya Wade, uh, the grand the great, the illustrious daughter of Dwayne Wade um Miss Thing popped through this young lady popped through on Easter and she debuted her new relationship with her significant other Hudson and I'm absolutely loving how they are embracing her how they're embracing her union with her beau and you remember what it was like when we was teenagers, when we were in school, we always said, oh, that's my boyfriend. That's my girlfriend. Many of us, we may have had a little puppy love thing, you know, the, that's what the old folks called it in the South, puppy love. So she's experiencing all of this and I absolutely love it for her. Um, and she put on her account, I've had the best weekend spending quality time with my family. And S O or significant other for Easter, she captioned her post. This is on Sunday, and she wants. She goes on to say, "I hope everyone has had a wonderful Easter today and wonderful Passover this week. I love you guys." However, I'm happy. I am so happy. However, people decide to debate on the internet, and of course. People are misgendering her, calling Miss Wade, um, all kind of transphobic slurs and condemning Dwayne Wade for accepting his daughter, his daughter who happens to be of trans experience. Now, there's so many nuances to... Um, This whole debacle, number one, it being a young black child that's proclaiming their gender identity. And many people think already that children of a certain age don't know who they are. They know how they feel. They may have trouble articulating that because we as adults, because it happened to me as well, we oftentimes tell the child, what type of identity to have. We often force our ideals on them instead of just letting them be a free child. And I applaud Dwayne Wade and everyone involved for loving this child and letting this child be them and actually putting forth the work. Uh, And in the black community, that's frowned upon having an LGBT child or having a trans child, having a gay child, having a bisexual child, having a child other than cis, head, and straight. And my heart goes out to her and her family because they, they get so much from the media and they can't even breathe without somebody saying something. And to me, this is what free black people look like. But the other flip side of the coin is a lot of the people in my community, in the TLGB community are like, well... This is, this is wrong. Uh, she's too young to be kissing on a boy in front of her parents like that. And, and this is sexualizing children and all of that. And, 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 and they're having sex at an early age. Number one, what? And then someone tried to say this was, this was um, inappropriate production of material for a child um, of children saying that it was inappropriate for the picture to be taken. And I'm like, well, let's think about it like this. Some of y'all were doing worse than that between the ages of 14 and 16. And let me not get started on people having children at age 16 and they're worried about this child kissing in front of her parents. Me personally, and I thank God for my parents, I would rather have my child being free around me so I can tell them and have a talk with them and their partner about my expectations, about consent, about boundaries, about sex, about emotions, everything, and I hope that child's parents is talking to them as well. And there's no doubt in my mind that of course they've had this conversation with their daughter, as well as Hudson's parents has had conversation with them, and I'm saying them because I don't want to ruin any pronouns, but come on people, lay off the weights. And what got me um, and looking at my community, a lot of the older queers, older gays, older trans people were like, why, why is she doing all this in public? Like, okay, we don't want to see all of that. And I'm like, are y'all jealous? Because she has a level of freedom that we weren't afforded in our youth. I applaud it. And I celebrate this child being free because in the, in my time in the early 2000s coming out. And wanting to come out as trans, coming out as gay or queer was hard enough for me. But also the fact that now dealing with transness is a whole nother issue. And you constantly see the fight with, with trans rights. We see all of these bills that are centered around violating trans individuals, trans youth, and this must be stopped. And what's so crazy everyone, then everyone is like, well, this is inappropriate for a teenager like y'all are teaching her the wrong thing but child at 14 we were sneaking off dry humping in the woods kissing people and we knew about sex and around that time was when we had sex education in school which we see so many bills trying to be passed against teaching sex education and including lgbt oriented curriculum because boom we're here we're here to stay and so many people have so much to say and it's like, number one, some of y'all making these comments don't have a child. Some of y'all making these comments are still in the dark ages. But the fact that I've seen a man go back and forth with someone about the technicality of the picture and going back and forth. And I'm like, show me where they made the statement that they would get fired as a teacher if a picture of their students um, surface of them, of the students kissing. And I'm like, But it's still not sexually inappropriate material or things that are inappropriate for children to be engaged in or any type of inappropriate content against children. Like, come on. And I'm being real careful as to what I say because I don't want to get pinged on my podcast. But y'all be doing the most. Y'all be doing the most. Like, come on. Like, lay off of it. But then also there's a certain sector of the black community that's cool with it all, but they're upset because the significant other is of another race. That's not black or Brown. And I'm like, can't this baby just be free to experience her? Like for real. And this is the thing trans people, we go through so much already. So we also have to deal with society telling us that we're not supposed to have the freedom to make reckless decisions like everybody else has. Like we're not entitled to fall in love, to learn love, to navigate relationships, navigate sexuality in a way to where we can learn about ourselves. I I just don't get why people think trans people have to be on this pedestal and we have to be on this, on this certain path. And I feel like as a, as a woman of trans experience an older woman of trans experience and seeing this newer generation seeing the strides that we fought for come through i'm proud of 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 my baby miss wade of zaya as well as her companion her significant other granted they're young they're young they have their whole lives ahead of them to learn and grow i don't get why y'all are upset and i really think that if we let our children explore and have autonomy in a sense, to where we're not policing their ever move, we're letting them be them, but we're giving them that guidance all the way, seeing where they're coming from and listening to them, researching on how to raise them in this atmosphere. We would really raise great, outstanding individuals without all of the trauma that we went through. I know what it's like being told you have to act a certain way. You have to think a certain way. You have to pick a certain occupation. And I'm just grateful to see a black family raising a free black LGBT member of the community. And I'm happy that they are embracing her and embracing her significant other. I don't know what her significant other's life is like, but I can tell that there is, there is liberty and freedom. So if y'all want to sound off on this topic Please, please email me. The mailbag is talk2priestess at gmail.com. That's talk to the number two, priestess at gmail.com. So I'm gonna take a quick break, y'all. Live love and be free. Um, I'm gonna come back and we're gonna dive into Diary of a Church Girl, Chapter One. Girl, let me tell you about Maven. They got some good hair. Your girl, the priestess loves using Maven. If y'all seen some of my hairstyles, Maven did that, honey. We have good frontals, closures, everything that you need, honey. Not only that, but we have awesome lace fronts. We have human hair, virgin hair, honey, Remy, yaki, whatever you need, we got it. You can even color it when you get it if you want to change the style you can do that too so go on over to my special link priestessbeauty.maven.com sign up to get special offers and you get free shipping what else can you do honey the holidays are coming up and you want to look good going into the new year so get those bundles today get you a good lace front girl all right so live love and be free again that's priestessbeauty.maven.com before we get into Diary of a Church Girl Chapter 1. This is a trigger warning. This story details um, abuse, trauma, suicidal thoughts, and other traumas. So please, at this point, feel free to pause so that you can move to other areas of the podcast. The timestamp is below in my show notes. Many of you all may have already watched the live presentation of this on Beagle Live. Um, Y'all can download that app um, and y'all can catch me there. Um, So the reason why I'm doing this, as you heard in the trigger warning, is going to deal with my experience and the start of my transition to where I am now in my transition and my womanhood as it pertains to church and leading up to the events that we discussed briefly in October, um, and even some more experiences of being in church and dealing with life. So I'm just going to call this diary of a church girl. This is chapter one. So here goes. So me in transitioning, um, Around about, I had been considering it for since like 2010 that I wanted to transition. However, I didn't do it because at that time I had just came out as gay. I had just gotten out of an abusive relationship and had already left a church um, that we talked about in Rock Hill, South Carolina due to how they were very homophobic. And they had all kind of issues with the church. So for a while, I left the church after that. But going back to 2015, that was when I connected. And I'm going to use code names for everyone involved. Um, at this point, um, I had met Pastor Teacher, which was my pastor at the time. I had met him through a mutual friend years prior. We had a brief disconnection and we reconnected. So 2015, I'm connected to his ministry and laying the foundation of moving to DC. And during this time, um, the year prior, I had made up in my mind that I wanted to transition. I knew what I wanted and I had been in therapy and 2015 was when I started, um, And completed the preliminaries. I had started on hormone replacement therapy. Already picked my name. um, Which was Jeanette DeLeon Super Taylor. And during this time. um, Pastor, teacher and I. We talked a lot. About my transition. And what this meant. As far as us doing ministry. Because at this time. We had just left um, the bishop. Which we'll be discussing this particular bishop. In another episode. This um particular, um, instance in time, we were going under a new fellowship, um, that was based out of Georgia and we'll just call that the Georgia church. So, um, the, um, Georgia church decided that, um, well, my church rather, sorry, my church decided that because we needed a covering, what they were going to do, they were going to go under, um, this fellowship. And it was concerned, not only that us being LGBT and one me being me, that was transitioning. And we were leery about joining. We voiced me and the other ministers that were aboard, voiced our concerns. And at this point, I said, well, look, I'm in a certain place and I know what I'm doing with what I'm doing for my life. So 2015, 2016, we were still in this fellowship, um, joined the fellowship. And at this point, um, I had started dressing out and the person that was over the, our particular re- region knew we had a discussion. But the plan was that before it, it would go to a certain point, um, we would talk to the founder of that organization. Which the meeting never happened, and we'll get to that later. So during this time, I'm I'm dressing um, as the gender I was born as, and I felt very uncomfortable because I was told, "Well, you want to get your look together because you don't want to confuse the people." I'm like, "Okay, I get that, but are you going to help me?" They said, "Well, just wait till you've had your surgeries," which, if you know. Um, for anyone that's transitioning, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while, a while, a while for them to have access to any kind of surgery sometimes. Now, thankfully, because times have requested people are able to get their surgeries in a better amount of time. And at this point, I'm just doing to do, you know, making it to where. I could blend in I started getting a little androgynous with it and I basically put my transition on hold in a sense although I was taking the hormones it was certain areas I stalled in and I would always ask well when are we going to have this meeting with the founder of the Georgia Church when are we going to have this particular thing happen so what ends up happening is I would be me any other time and when it came to church I was somebody completely different and this added to my anxiety this added to my um added to my anxiety added to my depression added to other issues and I'm going to therapy you know and I let it be known that look I'm ready to start presenting me as a whole I I can't do this anymore so I fought, I fought to have my voice heard going from church to church and certain people knew, certain people knew and by this time, 2018, I left South Carolina and I moved to D.C. to help with this church. Now, mind you, um, known the pastor for ages and we reconnected and I said, well, you know, I felt that God was telling me to help him with this church. So I was helping him, um, with this church all the way from South Carolina, um, I would travel back and forth and I would also, you know, send my offering and send my assessments. If you're in the black church, whenever there's a big event, they would um, do what they call assessments um, or dues or pay a certain amount or try to raise a certain amount for the church so they could successfully have this event. So. As I'm going on. I'm serving faithfully. I'm serving faithfully. However. I was. I had started presenting as a woman to the real world. But still not doing it in church. Even after I left. And it was cool. It was cool. It was like a little arrangement. And mind you when I moved up here. When I moved up here. I ended up living with um, Pastor Prophet temporarily. till I found my own place. But I was still presenting male. But then. Of course, me working, I presented as a woman because I had already had my um, ID changed to reflect my gender. And I did that like a few months before I moved. I had everything changed over, had my address settled, um, had gotten everything that I needed at that time done to make the moving process easy. So I'm living with Pastor Prophet for about um, six months at this point and was letting me do me but when it came to ministry it was just stoic you have to present this way and I'm sharing this story to help someone else it's not about getting being vindictive I'm sharing my story so with Pastor Prophet um, I'm in Highsville, Maryland at this point and We were we started having service on a conference line, but then we started meeting in person Um, and there were times even coming back and forth from South Carolina. I couldn't attend. There was one instance where we had a relative die and my uncle had passed. I was still going to make the trip, but the rental situation fell apart at last minute. They ran out of cars and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to stay here. So. Instead of being understanding that I was coming all the way from Spartanburg, South Carolina and coming back the next day because I had to work while I'm mourning, um, pastor prophet berates me, acted as if I let the church down horribly. Like I was disrespecting him. There was another instance where I couldn't come because my car had been damaged and I wasn't going to drive it and it was a push for me to get to rent to get a rental I did not have the money to get a rental at that time and I wasn't going to get a rental cuz I'm like look I have to figure out things about my car and there was an anger instead of being understanding that I wasn't going to make it and at this point I was feeling down because of that. I'm like, I can't do any better. So if there was a reason why I couldn't come to service, it, it was an issue. It was an issue. And at this and during that time, um, I met another minister, and I'm not gonna call their name, but they're a good friend of mine. We'll just say the minister. The minister and I, we started hanging out and stuff. So and that was cool because I had a friend when I got to DC. So fast forwarding um September August September of it was September it was September it was right after we buried Aretha Franklin the queen of soul moved up here and I moved up here not really knowing what I was going to do but thankfully I worked from home, and I was able to move with my job. And I would work as I was living with um, Pastor Teacher, and I may have called him Pastor Prophet, but I was with Pastor Teacher, and um, ended up getting another job. And the agreement was I was going to stay with him for six months. Stay with him for six months. During those six months, um, if we had to go somewhere, I would load my car up, and we would go. Um, we had someone that lived in Delaware. We would go pick them up. I would drive my car with. Music equipment. Uh, I want to have music equipment, sometimes robes and stuff. I would have different things in the car, but I still managed to pack my car. At the time, I had a four door Camry. And I'm sitting there. I'm taking these people everywhere, doing, 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 even running pastor, teachers' errands and stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, this this is cool. This is, you know, it's cool. I'm helping the pastor out, you know, he's working and all of that, but not getting gas money or anything like that every now and then, but not all the time. And not to mention ripping and running for extra services and things like that constantly. So, you know, did what we have to do. So during this time, I'm living with pastor teacher and I end up getting my own place not long after that. We didn't have any issues. And, you know, me being in the Christian faith at that time, this is what we were taught. We were taught to be obedient to leadership, to obey your, your leaders if they ask you to do something, what we were really taught um, a lot of times in the Baptist and Pentecostal churches. So me having respect for the man of God and not wanting to be um disrespectful to the man of God, you know. I was obedient, which I, which later found out that that was a lot of control and craziness. And, and there's a lot of things that, that transpired there. So I would be tired from working, tired from having fun. I would still have to go run errands or if I was late to something, it wouldn't be just, oh, why were you late? No understanding. It would be, why are you late? Why are you late? You know, we have to be somewhere at such and such, such and such time. Now, mind you, you know that I come from an abusive background. I was abused as a child. You know that I have anxiety issues. You know, at this point, I started seeing another therapist. And they were actually adding to my anxiety, but didn't really understand what was going on. So, at this point, now I've moved into my own space of uh, set up a living arrangement not living arrangement found up a place was paying my rent and at this point i had fallen on hard times because i had lost my job um and i did go through a period of joblessness but i was still able to get a job you know working i was cleaning houses at the time and mind you i was presenting as androgynous because Number one, safety. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm transitioning. I'm not at a certain point yet. I haven't had any surgeries, so I was dressing androgynous. And then there was always this pressure that I, 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 if I wanted to express myself like some of the some of the church queens do, I had to be mindful because at this point, you could tell that my body was changing. You can tell that um, my breasts had started growing bigger and started getting a little bit of hips and stuff so I was constantly told that my style of dress was ugly or that it was something wrong with how I dressed as a person and even when I would dress as the priestess around them it was always something to nitpick about either this was this looked a certain way or they didn't like it and really nothing was wrong with the outfit so I dealt with it And it really started making me doubt. This isn't like going into 2019 um, before the pandemic. This is starting to make me doubt myself. And I was a musician at another church at this time. And one of the brethren um, would ask, when are you going to present? I said, very soon. I said, right now it's complicated. And I advised them of what was going on. Mind you, at this time, before I could do anything at this point, I had to dress out as As a masculine entity and I would have to put on this facade and it irked my nerves and every other Sunday I'm like I cannot wait till I've started to dress out I'm looking at dresses and things that I want but the kicker was I didn't have the money to really get the things that I want so at this point I started doing postmates and Uber Eats on top of cleaning houses and waiting for another job to come through. Um, I did have a series of jobs. And all the while, I was still cleaning houses. I was still doing Postmates. And um, at this point, it had been some years before I had even thought about sex work. And it dawned on me, I said, mm, I might have to start back tricking again. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to start tricking again. I really don't. And I had contemplated and contemplated. Never said anything. So one night. I was going to do an ad. While I was waiting for him. And he saw what I was doing. He was like you don't have to do that. Just say you don't have the money. I got you. Cool bet. So I would ask every now and then. You know. And because I was making my own way. God had made some ways. Some things that happened. And I got what I needed. So. In the process of doing this, the whole time, I'm actually struggling. I never let anyone know I was struggling. I put on a church mask. And, you know, they always say, take off the church mask. But when you see other people do it in the church, they get talked about and made to feel as if they don't matter. And I, and mind you, I've seen all of this growing up. And I can tell you some of the horror stories that I had seen during this time. And even some of the homophobic and transphobic vitriol that was spit across the pulpit. And I'm like, you have us sitting in this organization that you know can't stand us. But just wait, I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going to be right back. I'm going to be right back. For this installment of Conversations with the Priestess, I want you to take a listen to Beagle's one and only transmasculine hosted and produced talk show called Three Guys and a Mic. The hosts of this dynamic show are V, BeLive, and Cuban. Y'all, please go check them out. They also have the podcast available on all streaming platforms. I will drop their links in IG below so you can check them out. You don't want to miss the show. You can join them on the Be Go Live app at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard, 7 p.m. Central Standard, and 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Y'all don't want to miss this. Y'all can find them on IG three guys underscore and the mic. Again, everything is in the show notes. So y'all live, love, and be free from the priestess. Let's start the show. Before the break, I was talking about the church being LGBT and us going under a fellowship that taught against it. So at this point. We're meeting on Saturdays um, to have service and we really weren't given a, well, the reason why was building availability, what we could afford and um, we were trying to follow a certain pattern of beliefs. Um, I want to say it was Sabbath keeper, but it, it was, it was different and It was stuff, of course, the stuff you want to do on Saturdays and you didn't want to have your Saturday tied up all day. Mind you, on Sundays, we were also going to visit another church. So that's our whole weekend gone. So one Saturday, uh, got ready and went to service and I had difficulty playing. I couldn't focus on playing. And not, it's not that I couldn't play. I can't play. You've seen my work that follow me closely on social media. Um, I couldn't focus and my mind was all over the place. I couldn't focus, not realizing it was my anxiety that had gotten the best of me. And Pastor Teacher stops me in mid-song and says, what's wrong with you? You're not playing right. You're not focused. And because of my anxiety, there are certain quirks that I have. And mind you, he's an educator and deals with students with learning disabilities and different things like that. So it seemed like you would be a little bit more understanding to your elder that just might be suffering due to a mental illness and different things like that. And you knew some of the trauma that I went through. He says, you need to get it together. I don't know what's wrong with you, but you're off. You sound off. Why is your voice like that? And he starts berating me and yelling in a sense and raising his voice as if I'm one of his students and I'm one of his kids. And I'm like, nothing's wrong. I said, I'm tired. I've worked all weekend. I said, I haven't been able to sleep. Why aren't you sleeping? I don't know. I'm not, I am not. was like, I, I have a lot on my mind right now. Mind you, I'm struggling to pay rent. Struggling to pay my phone bill. Struggling, period. Struggling to make ends meet. Struggling. Couldn't go clothes shopping for myself because every opportunity I had to give money to the church or I would have to do something for the church. I would have to run his errand. And I was so embarrassed that Sunday. I was so fucking embarrassed that sun that Saturday rather. And I was so embarrassed and my the other minister says, it's okay, I got you. look, I don't I know you don't want to hear his mouth and stuff like that, but just just do better, you know. They didn't really know what was going on at that time, but they asked for pastor to be a little bit more gentle with me. And this would be one of many instances that would occur. And during the course of that same service, he calls me out for prayer and he starts prophesying to me about my transition. Which I felt like, God, I do not have time for this stuff today. If he's going to tell me not to transition, you know, I will gladly leave this church, which I realized I should have already done. I'm going to leave this church and just not be bothered. So, at this point, I'm still hanging in there and he starts saying, you know, you need to heal the... I'm not going to call my dead name, but he called my dead name. It was like, you need to heal that person before you can meet Yannick, before you can get to Yanni, before you can be Yanni. You're not a beautiful woman. And I'm, I'm listening to this trying to make sense because it was out of nowhere and it was random. And mind you, I'm already in a vulnerable state. I'm struggling a lot on my mind. You could see this. You could see that I wasn't eating. But the minister knew what was going on somewhat, but he really didn't have a clue because I really didn't open up a lot because of past hurt and stuff that was used against me. And mind you, I came to this ministry from another ministry where leadership tried to have me in some unsavory things that I didn't agree to. And we fell out over a convoluted situation. Now, mind you, the church I'm a part now, mind you, I said, we're all LGBT. Also, he kept saying that uh, back to the prophecy, he kept saying that I'm not a beautiful woman. I needed to learn how to love myself. And I'm talking to God, like, God, I love myself. I love myself. You know, I do. God, I'm going through some things right now. Something is off. I don't know what it is. And this would be my constant prayer through every time he would berate me. And during this time, mind you, I was still switching it up back and forth to work. So one day I had gotten off from work. I had this beautiful lace front wig and I had learned how to care for my wigs off of YouTube and stuff and listening to other people, listening to professionals. So I had took some time and restored this wig and things and wore it to work. Came home, I had a a black dress on that I had gotten and some other things. Mind you, at this point, I didn't have the finances to get many clothes. And he knew this, so he was like, "Why are you always, why, why, why do you dress, mix up your outfits? You got clothes." I was like, "No, I don't. I need to get clothes. I don't have the money right now, cause I have to pay rent. I have bills. I'm not making the amount that I would like." And he knew this. He was like, "Well, you need to figure out something." Not offering a solution, and I'm like, "Well, damn! If you want me to have certain type of clothes, buy me the clothes." So I ended up buying some new things. I had gotten a bonus on my check, gotten my taxes back. I went and bought me some clothes out of rainbow. And for some reason, it was an issue with the clothes because they came out of rainbow and it didn't make me look, quote unquote, classy enough. But I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about because I just wore an outfit to work and they loved it. And mind you, at this time, I'm working for a call center. So one day it was, I had bought another wig, styled it with the help of a friend and was like, girl, that wig looks terrible on you. Don't wear that again. Excuse me. It makes you look old. I was like, no, it doesn't. I was like, my best friend helped me pick up this wig and helped me style it. But it wasn't to his liking, I guess. Not what he thought me being an elder should be wearing or dressing. And it was always something about how I dressed. It wasn't good enough. And then it will revert to, oh, well, this is why you need to wait to dress out. I'm like, okay. So it was a constant excuse. A very, always a constant excuse as to why I couldn't dress out at the time. And mind you, I'm still doing things, still doing what I had to do. But it had gotten to a point to where, I was starting to burn out with church because number one, I wasn't free to be myself and I'm trying to figure out why all of a sudden I'm sat down and I'm going to talk about that in the next chapter. I'm not going to talk about it right now, but I am going to talk about that in the next chapter. Um, if y'all have questions or concerns, or if you too have experienced this, please hit my mailbag. That's talk the number two priestess at gmail together uh, gmail.com altogether it makes talk 2 priestess at gmail.com. Um, and if you had a similar experience, like I said, I want to hear from you, or if you want to write in just to touch base or reach out to me on social media, I would greatly appreciate that. Love you.